My name is Ben Greenfield, and on this episode of the Ben Greenfield Life Podcast. You know, Nassim is known for saying this, but within a cubic centimeter of space, you have the energy of 30 million stars, like hmm. right here, all over in space. We are living in a field of energy. And so if the, the mitochondria are in resonance, they're like... They're like little free energy factories, these mitochondria. Not like they, they are. They have rotors that spin at the speed of a jet engine. You know, and then we have we have thousands and sometimes tens of thousands mitochondria per individual cell. We have 37 trillion cells. And they are they have these routers in multiple of them per individual mitochondria speeding. Hmm. At like jet engine speeds, producing ATP. They're like these little free energy, like factories, basically. And of course, yes, there's some substrates. There's the oxygen. There's the glucose. But, but they're producing far more energy than we're actually consuming with those basic substrates. Faith, family, fitness, health, performance, nutrition, longevity ancestral living, biohacking, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the show. If you're in your 30s or anywhere beyond, you got to start eliminating senescent cells in your body. These are the so-called zombie cells that make you feel old before it's time to feel old. They linger in your body after their useful function, hence their name zombie cells, wasting energy and precious nutrition and leading to so many middle-aged symptoms like low energy, brain fog, slow workout recovery, and joint discomfort. But luckily, you can nuke these senescent cells. There are a bunch of different newly discovered plant-derived ingredients that when expertly combined can help to reduce senescent cells, and the folks at Neurohacker have cracked the code on putting them all together into a fantastic product called Qualia Senolytic. Qualia Senolytic. Now, this could be one of the biggest aging breakthroughs of the decade based on what we know about senescent cells. It could take years off how old you feel in just months. And you only use it twice a month. Six capsules twice a month. Super simple. I'm actually on my cycle right now. I just took six this morning. I'll take six tomorrow morning. Then I set it and forget it for a month nuking my senescent cells and feeling younger in the process. So if you're sick of feeling old before your time, try, try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, S-E-N-O, neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee, and that code Ben Seno will give you an additional 15% off at neurohacker.com forward slash Ben Seno. So I have this stuff in the pantry that my wife seems to be addicted to. It's this powder. She found it there. It must have arrived when I was gone traveling. And she's now been using it to sleep. And then I started using it to sleep and to relax, even to nap. It's L-theanine, GABA, and over 70 trace minerals, along with a special form of chelated magnesium called magnesium 3 and 8, which is the only form of magnesium known to penetrate the blood-brain barrier. And the name of this stuff is called Mello, M-E-L-L-O. It's made by... Ned. And when I picked up the bag, I thought it was just magnesium. I didn't understand why my wife was flipping out about how amazing it was. Then I looked at the label and I was like, oh, this is way better than magnesium. Three forms of chelated magnesium, actually. GABA, L-theanine, amino acids, and over 70 trace minerals. Over 5,000 five-star reviews. They share all their third-party lab reports. So the stuff is clean. And you get 15% off anything from Ned. N-E-D. Ned. So you can become the best version of yourself. Go to helloned.com slash greenfield. 
or enter code Greenfield at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash Greenfield to get 15% off. All right, folks, clinical research has shown that therapeutically and for overall health and well-being, the most critical time to ground is when you sleep. The electrons you absorb when grounding neutralizes free radical damage, squelches inflammation, restores healthy endocrine function, enhances cellular gating and circulation. That then improves the cellular uptake of nutrients and oxygen and hormones while maximizing the removal of cellular waste. And you can now ground when you sleep. This company called Ultimate Longevity makes indoor grounded sleeping devices. And they've done clinical research studies on grounding the human body for health. When you sleep on these mats, you get six to eight hours of uninterrupted grounding, meaning I could travel, unroll it onto my hotel room bed, and fight all of the radiation, the inflammation I got from flying in the airplane right there during a full night of sleep. Full body grounding, which is what these mats give you versus just your feet on the ground, maximizes the electron transfer because the more surface area contact, the more beneficial the electrons, the more the results. So you get these amazing benefits and inside your body, this stream of electrons works as an anti-inflammatory, pain-relieving, anti-aging, antioxidant boost, squelching inflammation all night long. They've got over 20 peer-reviewed research studies that have been published on the extensive health benefits of grounding. For vagal tone, serum electrolytes, thyroid function, blood glucose, blood viscosity, sleep, pain, stiffness, blood pressure, stress, even depression and anxiety. It's crazy. So you can go to ultimatelongevity.com slash Ben to get your hands on these grounding mats. You can do mattress, pillow, blankets, a whole bunch of other valuable tools to help you bring your inflammation down and jumpstart your healing process. Again, it's ultimatelongevity.com slash Ben. All right, folks, uh, this is a fun one. I'm back in my hotel room after a crazy day. I have literally spent about the past eight hours or so in this cutting-edge biohacking facility called Jizen, J-Y-Z-E-N, in Mill Valley. You know, there was an episode I recorded some time ago about the future of biohacking technologies, uh, so-called resonance technology, longevity, recovery, and a lot more with a doctor named Dr. Beth McDougall. And later, I came down and visited Beth's facility, which is Jizen, which we talked about in that episode. And I'll link to it in the show notes. All the show notes for this podcast are at bengreenfieldlife.com slash Jizen, J-Y-Z-E-N. And I had a chance to kind of walk through this complete like wellness destination service where integrative medicine and quantum physics and technology all come together in this really unique way, all overseen by doctors and medical professionals. And they've curated this biometrics lab and a sound wave and electromagnetic medical technology room and hot and cold plunge pools and biomechanical movement assessments, hyperbaric, red light beds, you know, methylene blue, neurological and brain assessments and Vasper and ARX minimal effective dose exercise machines. It's this massive like warehouse of medical and longevity and biohacking technologies and services. And I thought when I was down there last time, gosh, we should do a podcast on this. So we did. We did. We spent the entire day down there filming all sorts of crazy, sexy, cool new technologies, many of which I've never discussed on this podcast. And we kicked it all off with me interviewing, which is the first part of this episode that you'll hear, Dr. Beth McDougall and uh, Mark Hines. So Beth is a real pioneer in what's called complementary alternative medicine. 
So uh, she's a formally trained MD. She had an internal medicine residency, and then she went through functional medicine training. She was one of the first groups of physicians to go through functional medicine training in the U.S., so she's been doing this for a while. And she's kind of known as a medical detective. She unravels these really complex multifactorial conditions like mold and Lyme and chronic illness and neurodegenerative diseases, but she doesn't just use pills. She uses crazy electrical technologies, and as you'll hear in this podcast, these so-called resonance frequencies and energy balancing and all these light and water and electrical treatments to heal the body. And then her partner is a science and technology investment accelerator kind of operator. His name's Mark Hines. He's super smart. I had dinner with him after the uh, after the adventure at the labs as well. And the guy is just super plugged into how to get things like more free power, defy gravity, as he'll talk about in this episode, and uh, solve a lot of big, big problems. This dude thinks on a big level for health, for energy, for agriculture culture for the environment. So you'll also get a chance to hear about him and his company, Kenobi, their portfolio and what they do and uh, why he partnered up with Beth to start Jizen. So this is a very video intensive podcast. You're going to want to watch the video because we demonstrate a lot of different things. So again, all of it's going to be on YouTube or wherever you like your podcast players, but the show notes are at bengreenfieldlife.com slash Jizen. bengreenfieldlife.com slash J-Y-Z-E-N. All right, let's jump in. So, dude, Mark, what's this water bottle? This says Arc on it. It's by this giant crystal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's it about? Yeah. Yeah, so Arc stands for Advanced Resonant Kinetics, meaning, um, uh, you know, crystals, it's interesting. Most, in, let's say, in the esoteric community, people like crystals. They think they're kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, magical. Yeah, magical. Well, there's actually some really serious data behind how crystals affect space, how they affect water. And uh, so in this technology, there's actually a little little crystal right in the bottom here. Oh. Okay. Okay. And By the way, there's a video version of this. You might be listening. You guys are going to want to watch the video for this episode. Just go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash Jizen, J-Y-Z-E-N, to watch the video. Okay. So you got awesome. That's so, kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, so there's this little crystal here. Freaking Iron Man. Yeah. And actually creates like a little vortex. And so when that you, when the bottle is designed for it, and so now this is actually structuring the water. Oh, so it's structured. Yep. Okay, got mm -hmm. it. But the water doesn't have to pass through the crystal exactly. first. It can just sit on top of it and exactly. it structures it by being exposed to it. Exactly. Yeah. And Interesting. The, the crystal was designed by Nassim Harriman, the physicist, and in the exact dimensional characteristics that's, that resonates with the quantum vacuum. Interesting. What's kind a quantum of, vacuum? So it's like the the at the at the quantum level, the space that we live within is highly structured. So if you look at Planck's and how they're arranged, for example, which is one of the smallest subatomic particles that you know in our known universe, yeah. how it's arranged is in a tetrahedral geometry. So the dimensions of the crystal is in resonance with the fundamental structure of space space-time basically do you think that's the best way to structure water or is that kind of like what you use when you're on the go it's a great way to structure it uh there's multiple ways to do it but it, it's passive so it's very easy to do anybody can do it simply by just putting water in a container so i don't know if we could say it, it's the best way it's a very good way i've done some studies showing how it affects plants like plants grow bigger they grow faster the phytochemical profile of the plants is increased uh, they they live longer so showing that, and it's not even just structured, but it's actually adding energy to it. 
so that there's more vitality to the water. So, yeah. What's so, that mean, more, more vitality? So, you know, water can conduct electricity. Everybody yeah. pretty much knows that. Yeah. You know, you sit in the bathtub, you get the blow dryer in there. Yeah. So, yeah. So if if you can you can increase done it many say, times. With, you do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's just yeah, to kind of play with party. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> True biohacking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Toasters work better than blow dryers. <laughs> <laughs> the Westinghouse twelve hundred watt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. No dirty electricity here at all, folks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So um, so the the water can serve as an electrical conductive agent. Why is that important? Well, because the body. Basically, you know, 37 trillion cells and each of them, if they were like perfect charge, would have about two tenths of a volt of electricity. And if that, you know, no viruses can't penetrate the cell. So the greater electrical potential that the cells have and the body has, the greater vitality we have, the greater health we have, uh, longevity, every, many, many things are affected by the electrical potential of the cell. So if you drink water that's in, in more of like a crystalline structured state like that, and it enters into your body, do you think that that actually increases electrical conductivity in the body somehow? So oh, yes. when water's structured, um, it takes energy to structure it. So so when it's structured, it's it has greater communication with the energy in the field that we exist with it. And so it has taken energy to structure the water. So then when you drink structured water, it communicates the energy to your system. When you drink unstructured water, you, it almost robs your body of energy because then your body has to use its own energy to structure it. Interesting. What about the, the idea that the body can structure its own water? Like, uh, I, I think the first time I came across this concept was in a book called Cosmic Heart human heart, I believe is what it was called. Uh, this idea that the heart is not a pump by Dr. Thomas Cowan, oh. where he discusses how the heart actually sits in, you use the, the word tetrahedral, mm -hmm. the heart sits in a tetrahedral shape within the chest and when it pumps, it's more of a spiraling action. Mm -hmm. And that vortices the blood and causes a similar structuring effect on the blood as something like a structured water device or a vortice or a crystal in water would cause in a bottle of water so do you think based on the idea that maybe if the body's able to structure its own blood, that even if you weren't drinking structured water, you would still be getting some type of effect? Yeah, for sure. So two yeah. things on that. I'll, I'll, I'll mention one, then you discuss the detail. But yeah, they've now actually done some pretty, really, some pretty cool imaging. Where they can actually see in the artery that the, that the inside of the artery is rifled. So like the rifling of a, right. of a gun, yeah, so, you know, to cause spiraling. Exactly. Yeah. And so the blood is actually rifling. Actually, the middle of it is empty, right? So the blood is all on the interior the wall. The middle of the artery is empty. Actually, yeah. You can actually see through it. So you're actually creating a vortex. Like the volcano that you saw in the, like those high school science experiments, you know, with the water. I, f I forget how we did it, but but you cause the water to, to vortex and it creates like this empty funnel. area, this funnel inside exactly. the cylinder. It's, it's like a tornado, like the eye yeah. of the hurricane. Yeah, like that. Exactly. It's, it's the same dynamic. And that explains why the, the amount of energy that the heart actually produces is really not enough to pump all the blood. There's a significant... It'd be a physical impossibility for it to reach yeah, every it, tiny yeah, capillary. Yeah, yeah, the, right. yeah, the math doesn't add up. Yeah. But, so, but this understanding, then, if it's rifling through and then vortexing back and forth every time, it answers how that happens. Yeah, and the body is structuring water all the time because that's the primary state water exists within the body. It's not just loose H2O molecules, but it's 
it's actually lining up along all the surfaces in the body, such as the inside of the arteries, the around your cell membranes, around your intracellular organelles, and the water is organizing itself in like a honeycomb matrix. Yeah, and it actually has a different like a, chemical. Like a, it's like a gel. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, like a gel. it's um, there there's a book called Quench. It's about how water that's consumed in a more gel-like format from things like fruits or say like a chia seed gel or sea moss gel or any of these type of like gel lubricating type of fluids that you find in nature can be more hydrating than water in its liquid form. And then what you were just explaining about in terms of organs and cells relates to Dr. Gerald Pollock's book, yeah. the researcher from University of Washington, okay, yeah. wrote a book called Cells, Gels, and the Engines of yeah. Life. Yeah. And it, it basically... Uh, uh, almost defies the whole idea of a sodium potassium pump being necessary to cause electrical transfer from the inside to the outside of the cell and that it's instead the gel-like nature of the cell that allows for electrons to move throughout the cell efficiently. I think it's the both contribute to, let's say, the cell membrane potential. Uh -huh. You know, you need both the sodium pump and, and the gel-like nature of the water. But when the water is structured like that, it actually creates a battery. So the, when, it, it, when it lines up in that honeycomb matrix, it's actually H3O2 as opposed to H2O. And so it pumps the proton, the extra proton, outside of the structured zone. So the structured zone is a net negative charge. And then right alongside of that is this proton-rich zone that's net positive charge. So it's a charge separation that actually creates a battery. And that battery is fueling a lot of the chemical reactions and a lot of so many things in the body. Actually, the water will line up along the helical DNA structure, for example, in a structured form. And some of the energy from the water is imparted to the DNA to, to kind of allow for it to expand in certain areas so it can express certain genes. The water will, will, will form these structured sheaths around our proteins and in order for a protein to, to have an effect in the body, it, will, it has to change configuration, and that requires energy. So the, the water imparts that. Have you guys ever heard of the ability to be able to actually measure the potential electrical conductivity of the body using something like a phase angle measurement? Are you familiar mm -hmm. with that at all? Yeah. Do you think that if you were to test before and after, say, like drinking structured water or doing some of these electrical modalities we'll be doing later on, you would notice Yes. A difference, or have you ever had an experience with that? I I have wanted to do that with patients and yeah. myself, and I plan to do it, but I've never done it yet. Dr. Mercola is big on that. He has this little yeah. bag he travels around with the phase angle measurement in it, and he's always like laying different biohackers and health influencers who he's with out on the table to see if they're really healthy based on their phase angle measurements. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's slightly higher is better. I don't remember right off the top of yeah, my head, but it's, it's this little like alligator clip that he attaches to you. It correlates <laughs> with the cell membrane potential. Uh -huh. So, you know, the more negative the cell membrane potential is, the, the I think the greater the phase angle. Yeah, yeah, you, you would want a slightly more negative cellular potential, yeah. meaning that a lot it's of people rich who are- rich with electrons, and it yeah. has that structured water zone. It has, you know, that like enough charge separation to really give like a negative cell membrane potential. And right. that the more negative the cell membrane potential is, the healthier the cell is. That's one of the reasons why people say that a lot of Wi-Fi and dirty electricity and even Bluetooth to a certain extent totally. can be problematic because it causes a calcium influx, the influx of a positively charged right. ion into the cell. And if you look at like rigor mortis, like when I go hunting, 
if an animal is being chased and knows it's going to be shot or you have an unethical shot and you wound it and you got to track it down, there's a big release of cortisol. And eventually, when the animal finally does die, a larger influx of calcium into the cell. That's where you get rigor mortis and you also get a very uh, tough, uh, sinewy, uh, like fibrous type of taste to the meat. It requires a lot more tenderizing. And I've always thought it's kind of interesting how humans who are exposed to high, high amounts of dirty electricity on a regular basis with a constant calcium influx might be experiencing the type of things like joint pain and fibromyalgia and tight and stiff tendons as a result of the constant state of calcium influx that they're in and also the poor phase angle that results in you know the, the type of energy deficits and poor sleep and other things that people experience. But it's interesting to think about how all of that is related to the body being a battery. So I think that the calcium part is, uh, it's, um, an, it's an exhibit of a much more, a deeper phenomenon, right? Which is that you know, the body's an analog system. Right? All of nature is analog. Right? If you look at a wave in the ocean, it makes an analog wave, right? Yeah. Okay. The, if we hook up technology to the body, everything, all the instruments will show an analog wave. Wi-Fi, all these things, it's a square wave. It's a digital wave, right? Right. So now what you've you got- all that path, so the square wave would be more like that. Exactly. So okay. now you've got a square wave, a digital wave going through an analog system, significantly interrupting all of that intracellular, all of that communication. And that's really the fundamental challenge of, the, of, of, of Wi-Fi and these non-resonant systems, because that's not how nature functions, right? Why can't they just make electrical technology with, uh, with more like, a, like that sinusoidal waveform, more of an analog waveform? Well, we could, but we'd have to, uh, that's a, uh, how much, uh, it's going to take some time. So, so film me, come, come back, but first, I'm, I'm taking a sip of this coffee that you gave me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I want to come back to the wavelengths, but you told me like right before we started recording about uh, something I didn't know about coffee. I know a lot about coffee. I was telling right, you my right. dad was a coffee roaster growing up, and I've been sucking down espresso since I was 13 years right. old. But you said that coffee, even even if it's like nitrogen flushed and in, in super good packaging, starts to lose a ton of its phytochemical content after something crazy, like 10 days. Yeah, so the data shows like after after about 14 days, 10 to 14 days. So the the phytochemical profile, like after that, let's say 10 to 14 days, starts sliding down significantly. So yeah, I guess we really can't call it alive in those first 10 to 14 days, but the, 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 the fatty acid profile, like all of the things that make coffee sort of like a superfood are really present mostly in that 10 to 14 days of roasting. That's interesting. Yeah. Kind of makes me wonder if some of the studies that have been done on coffee have used super fresh coffee or stale the, coffee or if they've even differentiated. They're, they're just starting to. Yeah, and I think that you still see good results even in some of those studies, but I just, yeah. if we I mean, I know I drink old coffee and I feel great on it. Past post 10 day coffee versus the, you know, within the first 10 days, I think the results will be so much better. That's okay. true. Do you guys roast your own coffee? Yes. How yeah. do you do it? So uh, it's the, I think it's, give a plug for somebody the sr 800 <laughs> it's okay. a crack up <laughs> you know you think like that's some made up thing but yeah so it's just a little device put in about uh anywhere from about six to eight ounces of coffee yeah which will last a few days and the whole roasting process is about 14 to 18 minutes so is it just like push button set it and forget it like uh, countertop it, type of coffee roasting yeah uh, you can but it's best to monitor it depending on the kind of roast you want if like yeah. light roast medium roast dark roast huh yeah it's pretty cool so if you get uh, to me, I now see that the ultimate in coffee of being in a true superfood yeah. is you, you get an organic green bean. Right. Okay. 
super fresh, of course. It's still alive. Right. Green, for people who aren't familiar with that term, being unroasted. Yeah, unroasted. Right. Yep. And then, uh, then you roast it. You give it about two days because actually it's producing a lot of uh, carbon dioxide. It's, it's actually, you can, if you seal the, let's say, a jar. Yeah. Immediately after roasting, you open it up after about two days, you know, pop. Oh, really? Yeah, it builds up a little bit of pressure. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's really fascinating. So it's off-gassing yeah. for about two, two to three days. And then that's the optimal time to consume is about the third to 10th to 14th day. So it's the, it's the ultimate in the, the health benefits, the experience of like the neurotropic effect. It, people have a pretty significant difference in experiencing it. Let's say stimulating may be the same, but from a neurotropic perspective, it's a pretty big difference on that first like four to 14 days. Last time I was here, one of you guys was telling me about how you like to put shilajit in your coffee. Do you yeah, still do that's that? That's my morning routine now. For people who didn't hear that episode, explain your, your reasoning behind this. Well, I, we have a product named Mana and it's shilajit and water from the Dead Sea that are vortex together. And shilajit, you've probably talked about it a lot on the show, but it's a resin that's- Not that much. Like like I talked about that, that Mana stuff briefly because you sent me some up to try, but yeah. I haven't talked about it that much. It's really interesting. So shilajit is a resin that seeps out of the ground in a narrow chasm of the Himalayas at certain times of the year. And it was once a, a, a rainforest that's been petrified and now kind of seeps up from the ground. And it has the highest concentration of fulvic acid and humic acid. It's full of easily absorbable minerals and amino acids and even essential fatty acids and probiotics. And to me, it is the ultimate superfood, ultimate superfood. And then we mix it with water from the Dead Sea and vortex it in such a way that it creates these ormus precipitants that also do amazing things for the electrical system. Of What's ormus? Ormus are orbitally rearranged elements. Orbitally rearranged monoatomic elements. Monoatomic elements, and they are... Um, elements in kind of a spin state that that allows the electrical it really turns on the electrical system of your body so what i've i mean everyone pretty much who takes it feels the difference that it just lights up their brain and everything seems to be working in a more coherent efficient manner in the body the the idea behind putting the shilaji in the coffee is that just purely for flavor for the effects or and the reason I'm asking this, I've heard some people say they'll put like sea salt in their coffee because coffee is sympathetically stimulating and might deplete the adrenals more quickly if you don't re-electrolyte your body when taking it. Is there some of that reasoning behind putting the shilajit in it Yeah, too? and shilajit is just a really grounding supplement and it's so good for your hormone balance. It's from the ground. It's so sense. good for hormone yeah. balance. Yeah. And you know, one thing that coffee can do is it is stimulating. And so if you have depleted adrenals and you're drinking too much coffee, you can further deplete your adrenals. It's like, okay. it's a superfood and so good for you, but it is a stress to be overstimulated. So then right. you need the adrenal strength to be able to ground that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Reishi mm -hmm. and theanine, I think are also really good with coffee for that same yeah. reason. Yeah. yeah, but those don't have as many minerals as that shilajit stuff. And that, right. that's that's M-A-N-N-A, -N -N -A, right. right? And by the way, I'll, I'll put all this, the mana and the SR8 
100,000 <laughs> coffee yeah. roaster. I'll, I'll put the all this stuff in the show notes for people. <laughs> so, okay. So now, now that we've talked about the everybody's favorite drug, let's get back to, to smoke coming out of our ears with this sinusoidal versus digital waveform yeah, idea. Yeah. So I asked you if you could somehow propagate an electrical signal like a Wi-Fi signal, but not use a square waveform. And you said that you had thoughts on that. So more than thoughts, yes. Yeah. So the okay. technology is developed and uh, hopefully it'll be coming to market in about six to eight months. So it's it's gonna be really important because it'll replace it has the opportunity to replace all like Wi-Fi cellular or even be let's say complementary to it, but we can send the information further, longer, uh, and the structure of let's say that wave is resonant to human beings. So yeah, it's uh, it's coming. Are we talking like the equivalent of like the old school twenty eight eight K modem though? As far as connectivity, like could this still be used like on a on on scale for high speed internet transmission? Oh, so let's see. So it's approximately ten times faster than five G. What? It goes ten times further than five G. We're already exhibiting it up to fifteen kilometers. Oh, Elon Musk is going to shut you down, dude. Uh, actually, not. It'll be very complimentary. Yeah. Still needs land based transmission, right? Yeah. So even Starlink's amazing. Uh, you know, we were on a private island in the South Pacific and great to have. Yeah. Right. And it's serving a lot of purposes. And actually, I would even have that as a complimentary thing to some places like you know, when you're out hunting. Yeah. You know, yeah. great to have that. But uh, for the amount of communication that we're going to be able to have to have. And the other thing is that this type of communication becomes non-terrestrial. So, you know, as we're moving into the idea that we're not bound by the surface of the planet when we start looking like gravity control and these type of things that are coming in 2024. There's very significant physics that are gonna be introduced in 2024 that really start to change our perspective that we have to be attached to the surface of the planet. Right? So now we're using rockets and things, but using this type of communication technology, we can go at vast distances at almost unlimited speed so it's going to be really important because that's how nature functions, right? We talked earlier before we started today about resonance and that once we start looking at everything of how nature functions, which means, you know, the universe is transmitting almost an infinite amount of data at almost an infinite baud rate, right? That like 800 million times faster than the speed of light. And so if we could work in resonance with that same structure, we could send infinite information at very fast speeds and that's what's coming. I don't understand what you just said about gravity. Did you come here today on a hovercraft? Like, like what's, what's uh, that mean, not connected to the planet? Oh, well, so let's say currently we use a rocket right. to get off the surface of the planet. But a rocket, you have to use a lot of energy to push against gravity. Right. So, so an example. So if I take uh, a magnet and something that's magnetic, and I do that, boom, I just right. showed that the magnet will pull up the object. Right. So I was able to easily exhibit that electromagnetism overcomes gravity, right? Okay. So again, if we worked in resonance- do, do you mean just like the two opposing surfaces of a magnet like that? No, so if I have a magnet, yeah. I have like a little ball bearing here. Yeah. I just showed up, boom, the ball bearing will go up. Right. So we just showed that a magnet, electromagnetism, a magnet can overcome gravity as the little ball bearing goes up, right? Right. So if we could work with that same principle, which the science of this is called electrogravitics, meaning using electromagnetism to overcome gravity, then the whole idea of having to have a rocket, to having to use massive amounts of energy to propel things or for thrust, 
starts to go away. So that means that we're no longer bound by gravity. And that's being done in a couple labs around the world today. Very small scale, like a pound and a half, five pounds of thrust is being created using this phenomena of electrogravitics. And where do you envision this being applied on, on scale for consumers, like cars or vehicles or spaceships or something Everything. like that? Everything, yeah. Really? Yeah, and the, the physics of it. Shoes, that would be fun. <laughs> It'd be a little hard to control, I guess. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Some, some, yeah. some to control exactly. it. But no, the physics of it has already been written. It'll be coming, made public uh, sometime in 2024 of an engineering solution of how to access actually this phenomena of gravity control. Uh, and then uh, this will be open sourced to the public and it'll probably take people a few years to start understanding. But yeah, rockets will go away. We'll be able to have vessels that overcome gravity by using electrogravitics. If you're in your 30s or anywhere beyond, you got to start eliminating senescent cells in your body. These are the so-called zombie cells that make you feel old before it's time to feel old. They linger in your body after their useful function, hence their name zombie cells, wasting energy and precious nutrition and leading to so many middle-aged symptoms like low energy, brain fog, slow workout recovery, and joint discomfort. But luckily, you can nuke these senescent cells. There are a bunch of different newly discovered plant-derived ingredients that when expertly combined can help to reduce senescent cells. And the folks at Neurohacker have cracked the code on putting them all together into a fantastic product called Qualia Senolytic. Qualia Senolytic. Now, this could be one of the biggest aging breakthroughs of the decade based on what we know about senescent cells. It could take years off how old you feel in just months. And you only use it twice a month, six capsules twice a month. Super simple. I'm actually on my cycle right now. I just took six this morning. I'll take six tomorrow morning. Then I set it and forget it for a month, nuking my senescent cells and feeling younger in the process. So if you're sick of feeling old before your time, try, try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, S-E-N-O, neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, Backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee and that code Ben Senna will give you an additional 15% off at neurohacker.com forward slash Ben Senna. So I have this stuff in the pantry that my wife seems to be addicted to. It's this powder. She found it there. It must have arrived when I was gone traveling. And she's now been using it to sleep. And then I started using it to sleep and to relax, even to nap. It's L-theanine, GABA, and over 70 trace minerals, along with a special form of chelated magnesium called magnesium 3 and 8, which is the only form of magnesium known to penetrate the blood-brain barrier. And the name of this stuff is called Mello, M-E-L-L-O. It's made by Ned. And when I picked up the bag, I thought it was just magnesium. I didn't understand why my wife was flipping out about how amazing it was. Then I looked at the label and I was like, oh, this is way better than magnesium. Three forms of chelated magnesium, actually. GABA, L-theanine, amino acids, and over 70 trace minerals. Over 5,000 five-star reviews. They share all their third-party lab reports, so the stuff is clean. And you get 15% off anything from NED. N-E-D. NED. So you can become the best version of yourself. Go to helloned.com slash greenfield. Or enter code greenfield at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash greenfield. You get fifteen percent off. What's the name of your company? Uh, Kenobi. Kenobi. Yeah. And you guys do a lot of work with these type of what you call resonance technologies. Yeah. The whole What's that even mean resonance? So the whole idea of resonance uh, is that uh, being it's pretty simple. So just being in resonance with how nature functions. 
So we would say that pretty much most everything being done today that humanity does is dissonant to how nature functions. You know, we, we blow up a hydrocarbon, you know, we split atoms, we use you know, drugs on humans, we use chemicals to grow plants, right? Nature doesn't do any of that. But if we could- Radiate tumors. Yeah, I mean, there's so much in medicine that's uh-huh. dissonant. Okay. Most everything is in, mm-hmm. in medicine. So right? dissonant mm-hmm. would be the opposite of resonance. Yeah, so dissonant would be opposite of resonance. So okay. dissonance would be forcing or manipulating nature to try to do what we want it to do. Resonance would be saying, okay, nature's obviously functioning really well at an infinite scale, right? You know, past just terrestrial, past Earth, you know, solar, galactic, universal scale. If we could understand that phenomena of where's the, so for instance, a couple of really easy questions. Okay. If I ask any physicist, scientist, engineer on planet Earth, for instance, if I have a little piece of paper and I put it on my refrigerator and, okay. hold, and I have a little magnet and that magnet holds up that little piece of paper for 10 years, uh-huh. like if my arm had to hold up that piece of paper for 10 years, that'd be a lot of energy expended. Yeah. Where does the energy of that magnet come from? So the magnet is producing more work than energy it's consuming. There's no physics to explain that. Actually, some of the greatest physicists like Feynman, there's a great video on YouTube of one of the greatest physicists in modern history where somebody asks him that, and he kind of loses his mind. He goes like, what do you mean? Like if my Aunt Ida fell by walking on ice in Minnesota in the winter, how does that happen? Like, what does that have to do with a magnet? <laughs> but yeah. since they, don't, they can't explain it, it's very perplexing. Nobody's been able to explain how magnets produce energy? The standard model of physics cannot. However, okay. others are clear, like Nassim Haramein and others are clearly explaining that the magnet is working in resonance with nature. There's a lot of energy in the field, a lot of energy. And that's where the energy of the magnet coming is coming from, or an atom. You know, where is the energy of the nuclei of the atom that's spinning it near the speed of light forever? If you release that energy, you know, kaboom, there's a lot of energy there. Where does that come from? The standard model of physics cannot explain that. So this understanding of resonance explains everything, that the atoms in resonance with this field of energy and information we live in, that's where the energy of every atom is coming from and the magnet and the human body and everything. So if we could just tap into that same source, very interesting things start to happen. Huh. What could you do with that in terms of tapping into that source? Are we talking about like free power or something like that? So, yeah, so the word free is interesting, but uh, so what is this, you know, so 2023, so if we go back almost 80 years in the, ni- in the 1940s, uh-huh. so they had a little radio about this big, yeah, and a little piece of wire that came out and you put it in your ear, and they called that a crystal radio. Okay. I think the, the, the material was uh, galena, I can't remember the actual, crystal. Okay. The, the, the construct of the, of the crystal, but you turn it on and it would produce enough energy to extract an RF signal out of the field and enough to produce a few electrons to send down into your No battery, no charger. If you go into an antique store today and you buy one of those radios, you turn on, it still works. It's just all run by a crystal. So that crystal is like a little oscillator. I mean, it's extracting just like the magnet, just like the atom. It's extracting a really, really small amount of energy out of this field of energy we live in. It's in resonance with that and it's producing enough electricity to power a radio. And that's what's structuring the water in, in the arc crystal bottle here. 
Yeah, could you use crystal. it to power larger objects though than just a radio theoretically, or would you just have to have massively huge crystals? No, so it seems like there might be some transportability issues. Mm -hmm. No, so that so so degrees, let's say, of efficiency. So that crystal was not very efficient. But so now imagine in a very small space, you could have like let's say the base of the crystal would be five to ten microns, and you had them all in the tetrahedral mm -hmm. geometry and you're able to deposit these crystals in a very specific manner. Uh, and I can share with you, that's been done. Okay. And so now we have basically a perpetual energy cell. So instead of a battery that has to be recharged, now we have an energy cell that's producing electricity 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And what could you do with something like that? Well, so imagine your phone, yeah. If you had an energy cell in there that never had to be recharged or your computer or your car or a plane. Okay. Because you're, you know, a Tesla car, I don't know what it's like 24,000 or something little batteries, right? Yeah. Or a little, so uh, it's not one huge battery. It's multiples of them linked together in packs, right? So you could have many of these little energy cells in the same way. Now you have a car that goes forever, never needs to be recharged. From the perspective of planned obsolescence on the part of folks like Apple and Tesla, wouldn't that kind of be shooting yourself in the foot from a business standpoint? No, actually, I think it'd be the best thing they ever had. I mean, if you, if you had a uh, if you had a computer, if you had a phone that just never needed to be recharged. Yeah, what imagine I mean is like you'd have no reason to buy another phone. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the the battery the batteries have to be replaced. Okay. But what's going to happen? It's always that's it's interesting that that's the first thing that humanity always goes to, right? Is that if we're going to have a very significant innovation, yeah. that oh, it's going to shut down these other things, right? But we don't realize like AI and all the businesses that's going to put out of business and right? the people who are going to be wandering the streets with nothing to do. Exactly. Yeah. But what this is going to do, it's which I don't think is the case, by the way. But. No, but once we start moving into resonance, it's going to foster a level of innovation that has really never been seen before. Like the, the expansive amount of things that are going to start being created, it's going to be like when we were an analog system, then you know, all the way up to the late 1950s, 1960s, the very first computers. I mean, look at the innovation that's happened from the digital revolution, right? And then before that, we had the industrial revolution where we were making things by hand and we started making things by machine. So let's say that was the first revolution. The di analog to digital was the second. And there's a third revolution that's coming and it's, gonna, it's starting this year in 2024, it's gonna be bigger, is the revolution from dissonance to resonance. And you know, many people, I, it's not even a technology revolution, but to us, one of the most important things, it's, it's a revolution of hope because so many people I think today are in despair of, 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 the, of, of let's say the difference of beliefs and how do we solve the problems and whether it's climate or this or everything, right? Well, once we move to resonance, most every problem we're facing today, whether it's organic food or the climate, or, they're, they're all gonna be solved, health. So there's so much that's gonna come from this. This is interesting. I haven't heard many people talk about this as much as you. Yeah. What about this this guy you mentioned earlier, Beth Nassim, and you said Nassim Harriman. Is this the same person? And, and, and is this like the yes. father of resonance technology or something like that? Or who is this guy? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I'd say he's the father of it because Tesla probably didn't use the word resonance. Okay. But definitely 100% 
I mean, you know, he was powering Colorado Springs, Colorado. You can, there's the Tesla Museum is still there from these ideas of resonance, right? And much of the things we're using today, you know, still were invented by him. But I would say what Nassim is, is Nassim is the first modern day human that has been able to take these understandings and first quantify them and say, okay, it's not just an esoteric idea, here's the data, and then be able to explain it in a layman manner, which he's done so beautifully. So mm. like his, his um, nonprofit, the Resonant Science Foundation, there's, I don't know, like a hundred and something thousand people enrolled in their academy, but all the way from like kids, you know, seven, eight, nine year old to I think there's a 90 something year old because it's made available to the layman. And Beth, uh, Beth and Nassim have been working very closely on how to begin explaining how do we really move health into the whole next level by the same understanding of resonance physics. What are the applications of this to, to health, Beth, in terms of like how it fit into <clears throat> medical practice or what you're doing at Jizen? Yeah, I mean, so many because the body really, when you, it comes right down to it. We're a, a field of energy and information our body is really intersecting waves of energy. And the proper functioning of our physiology depends on the proper information transfer in the body. And when we're conceived, there's a field of energy and information that's created that actually becomes like a template along which the, our body develops as an embryo and contains the operating instructions that, dic that, that dictates our and, and orchestrates our complex physiology. I mean, when we talk about complexity, we have 37 trillion cells, each with millions to billions of chemical reactions happening every second in a coordinated manner. Hmm. And that level of complexity you know, cannot be explained by current science. And there's not any quantum computer, there's no supercomputer in the world that could approach that level of orchestration. So how is it that we are, you know, these functioning beings? And not only that, we're not even static. Like we are literally, and all of material reality is flickering in and out of existence you know, trillions of times a second. What do you mean flickering in and out of existence? So we are here and then we're gone. We're go like, we're going into, into a diff like in, if you almost think about the toroid and you have like the, the outflow of information from the event horizon and then you have the inflow, you know, it, it disappears for a moment. Like the, 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 they call it the lighthouse frequency. It's like trillions of times per second, the, material reality is flickering in and out of existence. And so we have this complex physiology that's flickering in and out of existence. And how is it we are repatterning re ourselves, reorchestrating our physiology every second? We have a field of information that is doing that. So as we go through life, that field becomes contaminated. You know, we, we experience trauma, we have exposures to toxins, we have, we, we get infections and things like that. And each of those things has a simple or a complex field 
associated with it. And some of, if we begin collecting the information signatures of things that are not harmonious with our body, and even if we're exposing ourselves to non-harmonious, non-beneficial energies like 5G and Wi-Fi and all of that, you begin to disrupt the patterning of the physiology okay. and very much disrupt the flow of energy from the field into our physiology to fuel all of the chemical, you know, multi-trillions of chemical reactions happening every second. So, sort of like this is your pristine blueprint of that moment of creation, yeah. of, of conception, and this is where we are today. And all of these events of life, whether it's you know, diet, stress, Wi-Fi, whatever it is, creates- Bad coffee. Yeah. Bad coffee, 16 yeah. day old, yeah. past the 14 yeah. day old. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's all over. It's yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway. It, it creates static, like, like a, you know, just an, an inhibition of uh, the communication between the two. So really the, the data is starting to show that like aging, disease, everything really starts just to be a result of one thing, the degree of resonance or dissonance that the pristine blueprint has. With the body itself. That's it. And so these hmm. resonant technologies, like the ultimate technologies that are going to be coming forward are create coherent Ultimate, fields. that's like a brand? No meaning, like <laughs> like the best, you know, okay, like okay, the, gotcha. the, the highest level of energetic technologies that we have that we will we have now and that we will see coming out in you know greater forms are create coherent fields. So you know, like like you can you can drink regular water, or you can drink structured water, you can be in regular space, or you can be in highly structured space. So if you put the body, you know, if you into a coherent field created by, uh, you know, let's say a scalar technology, you in you, it, the the structured space becomes like an amplifying conduit of energy from the field itself into the physiology. Let me break that down into layman. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I would appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, so. So we're having this, feed, we know that the, the, the biology is having this feedback with the field, okay? And so um, the, we're saying is we live in a field of, of, of information that allows this feedback to happen. But the this, this space is, uh, the structuring of the space, just like water. So when the water's structured, we know that there's more energy and information exchange, right? The water can conduct information, it can conduct electricity. So... The space, since it's highly structured, it seems empty to us, right? But it's actually mm -hmm. highly fluid. It's highly dynamic. They've actually, you know, the double slit experiment. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the idea of that, it's, it's, it's flawed because the idea was that it, depending on the observer would see if, okay, it's either a particle or a wave, right? Right. The nature of something will change once it's been observed. Exactly. Physically. So that's, what they're, yeah. that's what has been stated, right? But here's a different perspective on it. So imagine that we live in this field of energy and information and it's super fluid and it's super dynamic and the fluidity of it is something called plasma. Okay. Okay. So we live in a field of plasma. And actually, we see this all the time with something called lightning. Lightning is plasma. All lightning is doing is lighting the plasma of space so that you can see it. But if I had a device here, I could have a little bit of voltage here in the ground and I could create lightning between us. 
Yeah. It's just, it's just, it, all it is is lighting the plasma of space. Okay. Like a neon light, right? Right. If there's no voltage to the neon light, the tube seems empty. Right. Right. Okay. okay. Just like with us, the space seems empty. I give the I give the neon light a little voltage. Boom! It lights up. Okay. If Got I it. could do that to the space, this would all. Okay. So now, so now imagine the double slit experiment. Like if I'm in a swimming pool, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen a video, and they shoot a gun. Yeah. It creates a wave. Okay. Right. So imagine that. I've shot a lot of underwater guns, but I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's good videos on YouTube of people doing it. It creates a pretty cool wave. Okay. So imagine if I'm shooting a photon through a slit and and the field is fluid, it's going to create a wave. Mm -hmm. So the double slit experiment is just to actually, you're just actually witnessing the fluidity of space. You're seeing that as the photon goes through, it's creating a wave in space. Okay, interesting. And so based on a double split slit experiment, how does that influence somebody seeing a different phenomenon under observation versus non? They're not seeing a dip, different observation. They're just they're, they're trying to explain what's creating the wave. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Right? And now we can now break it down to a very yeah. quantitative phenomena. And then so what Dr. Beth is sharing then is that the space, this fluidity of space, just like with water, we can structure that. We can structure space. Got it. And well, so if the space is more structured, it can conduct more energy and information. That's right. So let's say I come into you and I've not, I'm not very electrically conductive and I'm maybe flickering in and out of my existence improperly <laughs> and I'm living a typical industrial lifestyle and am under a lot of, uh, of, of stress, especially from the perspective of my cells being a battery. I know that we're going to be going through your facility and we're going to be showing on video a lot of the cool tools that you would use to restore restore somebody. But what are some examples of what you would use in a situation like that when it comes to these kind of scalar technologies or drinking structured water, standing on giant crystals or whatever else that you would that you would implement? One of the things that you're going to do today that is that we have a room where we have very beautiful scalar technology in there that is structuring the space of the room, creating a coherent field. And then we're able to measure different information signatures in your body that are, uh, let's call them aberrant, like off, you know, so signatures of toxins or pathogens or even disease cells or things like that. And then we're able to send back corrective information signatures that cancel those out um, through a plasma device. And that's actually how Royal Rife used to send corrective signatures through, through plasma. And anyway, then we check again. So it's this constant biofeedback process that removes dissonant signatures out of your body. And just to, to mention that, because most people aren't aware of plasma. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because pla- we live in plasma. The whole Our whole existence is based on living in plasma. But plasma is the great conductor, right? So plasma is what conducts energy and information. It transmutes things from one state to another. Okay. So for instance- and This fi- is similar to like the gel state of water? Well- But instead in, the, in our environmental spaces? Yeah, somewhat. Okay. Like, let's say fire. Most people aren't aware, but fire is plasma. Okay. It's not a solid, not a liquid, not a gas. Yeah. So fire is plasma. They call it the fourth state of matter. Actually, everything emerges out of plasma. Uh-huh. But so if I light a piece of wood on fire, we show that fire is the transmutator. It's, it's transmutating that stored energy of wood 
into a higher state called heat, right? Okay. So we can now use plasma devices to transmute biological systems from one state into another. Like what? So would you like to address that? Or what are you exactly? Okay, so like a healing device. Let's okay. Say, okay, so I could, uh, in a glass tube, we can conduct plasma. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, and let's say I had, uh, you know, torn rotator cuff. To, to, torn rotator okay. cuff. So normally we would have to go through many iterations to heal that tissue. If I could touch the plasma device to that torn rotator cuff, what it would do is it highly accelerate this, this energy and information exchange phenomena and the healing would happen very, 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 like at a degree of, of, of magnitude. a magnitude that most people would say is almost impossible. And you guys have technology like that at Dryzen? Yes. Interesting. Yes. So you've got scalar technologies, which is like this field that you go into that tests and then applies a frequency and then you can retest to see what changes that it made in the body. You have things like these plasma technologies. Uh, what would be another example of something that implements these this type of resonance in medicine or in well, longevity? I mean, really, you know, because, about cells. yeah, there's so much to talk about. But the, but we are these. <laughs> well, we're going to show people a lot of this stuff too, so we'll get a chance. Or yeah. these energetic beings that are derived from this field of energy and information. So let's let the field be our medicine and the, the individual components of the field. So a lot of the health technologies nowadays that really help us resonate better with the field are geared toward upregulating mitochondrial function. And so one way to do that is something a lot of people are familiar with is red light and near infrared light wavelengths. And so we do a lot with these wavelengths of light because they've been shown to improve energy production in the mitochondria, the little energy factories within the cell. And there is an interesting almost, you can almost think of the mitochondria of our cells as like plugging in to the field of energy that we live within. Actually, that's a really good example because they the amount of energy that they produce is not linear, meaning, right. meaning that the math doesn't add up. Right, hmm. so it's like we think that it's all coming from the food we eat, right? right. And the energy we breathe. Right, food and, then, and subsequent production and of you ATP. Ha you have, yeah. you have yeah. so many examples that absolutely defies that. You know, people that are breatharians and don't eat, you know, how are they surviving? Or people that are running like triathlons, you know, they're, they're what are they producing? Like a few times their body weight in ATP, like during the triathlon. <laughs> You know? Yeah, <laughs> they're also eating a lot during the triathlon. Right. Yeah, but they, 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 I don't, I don't know a lot of long-lived breatharian populations. But, <laughs> but you would have to consume about a hundred thousand calories. To, yeah. To equal if, if yeah. you were, if it was linear. Yeah. For like the triathlon, that's about how many calories. I mean, if they're producing that much energy, uh huh, they're not consuming a hundred thousand calories. Right. No, no. I mean, typically mm -hmm. it's it's a maximum of like 400, 600 calories per hour, and the rest theoretically yeah. is coming from from fat. From beta oxidation. That, that math does not add up. Yeah, Interesting. a lot of these people do not have a lot of fat. And so where's the energy coming from? The so my sense is that it's coming from the resonance with the field of we basically, you know, Nassim is known for saying this, but within a cubic centimeter of space, you have the energy of 30 million stars. Like hmm. right here. All over in space. We are living in a field of energy. And so if the, the mitochondria are in resonance. They're like they're like little free energy factories, these mitochondria. Not light. They, they are. are. They have rotors that spin at the speed of a jet engine. You know, and then we have we have 
thousands and sometimes tens of thousands mitochondria per individual cell. We have 37 trillion cells and they are they have these routers in multiple of them per individual mitochondria speeding hmm. at like jet engine speeds like you know like producing ATP they're like these little free energy like factories basically and of course yes there's some substrates there's the oxygen there's the glucose but but they're producing far more energy than we're actually consuming with those basic substrates so hmm. anyway um all of our technologies almost are geared toward improving mitochondrial function because mitochondria are vulnerable to damage. Unfortunately, we have this, you know, like problem with dietary intake of, you know, too many omega-6 fatty acids and damaged fats, and they are very much damaging our mitochondria. And then, you know, we have these diets that are kind of poor, um, in terms of not having a lot of like high life force quotient foods that have like antioxidants and whatnot, and that's leading to damage to the mitochondria. You have people that are no longer spending time outside, um, you know, and it's actually the wavelengths of light in the sun are absolutely beneficial to the mitochondria. Like, you know, mm -hmm. the practice of getting up in the morning and going outside and allowing like the, the wavelengths of light that predominate in the early morning hours to kind of enter your eyes absolutely affects the, the health of your mitochondria. Know, you sound like one of those irresponsible physicians who's gonna be giving everybody skin cancer. <laughs> the news. I was reading an article yesterday in the Rolling Stone. It was like all those freaks that are telling you to eat liver and go into saunas and get sunlight. And we're going to see huge amounts of damage from these type of, of irresponsible messages. But it's, it's I mean, I, did, I don't burn in the sun. And I just got back from two weeks of cycling in Italy and I was wearing sunscreen, especially in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, you're right. The, the sun is, is and, uh, and infrared and red light in general is a perfect example of something that would charge up the body with yeah. this type of energy. You briefly mentioned V-cells. Why'd you, why'd you bring up V-cells? Well, I think Mark was bringing it up um, because you have these pristine cells that uh, are embryonic in age. Very small embryonic-like cells. Very small embryonic-like cells. Okay. And they're naturally found in the human bloodstream and the tissues. And they, are, they, they exist throughout your lifespan, primarily in a dormant state. And so they've only been newly be discovered because of that, like, you know, in the last like 16 years or so, because when they're dormant, they don't express all of the surface proteins that, that kind of identify something as a stem cell. And, but when, but it was discovered at one point that, you know, they are dormant and they can be activated. And then when they're, they are activated, they then quickly express these surface proteins that, that, are, that are involved in um, chemotaxis, which is them migrating to an area in need of healing, and um, engraftment, which is, allows them to adhere when they get there. And, and so when that was discovered, then people have been exploring different technologies for, for activating V-cells. Hmm. And we've been using a technology that's been working beautifully and we use it both to activate the V-cells and then once they're just put back in the arm, we can non-invasively guide their migration to an area in need of healing. Is that that protocol? I think I've mentioned before on podcasts where you use like lasers or light to activate yeah, the V-cells. I've seen you get this, this procedure. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think you brought I think, it up. I think uh, Harry Adelson did that when I did the full body stem cell makeover up at his clinic. I think he uses like lit up laser activated V cells. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do that as well. And the, they, they enhance resonance with the field because they are these pristine cells that have not really suffered the ravages of aging and environmental toxins and whatnot. In fact, some early studies on B-cells where they expose them to like chemotherapeutic drugs, extremes of acid, extremes of base, a lot of chemical insults, and then looked at them to see, did they show epigenetic changes? Did they show free radical damage? And they don't when they're dormant because they're, they're almost like ensconced in like this very tightly packed double membrane that's like a creates almost like a spore that protects them from damage. So, so you have these embryonic age, pristine, naturally pluripotent, which means that the cells can become any one of the types of cell types in your body, cells that can be just extracted from like a peripheral blood draw and then activated and put back in the arm and then non-invasively guided to an area in need of healing. So to me, this is like the only stem cell that I think is worth working with. Huh. Now, now, now Mark, in, in addition to partnering up with Beth on a lot of these resonance-based technologies that are used in medicine and longevity and health, from what I understand, you've got like basically your, your whole portfolio, your whole interest in terms of the companies that you invest in and work with, it's all companies based on these resonance technologies? Correct. And that's what that's what can Kenobius. Yes. Okay. So if people want to like view the portfolio of all the different companies that you have or start to look into these things, like I know Jizen, where we're at right now, is one. The Monashilajit is another. Like, where can what, what, what's the best way for people to actually stay tuned to what you're doing with resonance? Yes. Yeah, so they can go to website Kenobi.io. Ken, how do you spell that? Uh, K E N O B I. Okay. Dot io. Okay. And and the interesting thing is really none of these of the 15 companies that we have none of them we invest in we've actually started them all from the oh really yeah yeah we started wow. them all from the beginning because uh, uh most people really don't understand resonance and so we've kind of collected a, a group of humans that get this yeah and you know they've a lot of them have had a kind of a challenging time in being able to work with the regular world in regards to finance and structure and all that so we've created a structure that allows these really extraordinary minds to be able to start manifesting their understanding of these technologies in a really in a, in a protected, you know, and coherent way. Is there any particular technology you're most excited about right now that that is based with one of these companies? Wow, I, I'd say there's really four vec it's four vectors, but it's hard to say because they're also complementary. So energy, the communication mm -hmm. one that we talked a little bit about mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah, about being the, able to the start. resonant waveform. Exactly, that because the implications of that are huge, mm -hmm. especially with all the concerns with five G. So yeah, to be able to introduce something that that not only replaces that but excels mm -hmm. at that. Um, then three new types of energy technologies that are coming out that will be the whole next level of uh, let's say green, but whatever is the next step past green. <laughs> okay, technologies, um, and then. Uh, a suite of technologies that to me are, are very important for the extraction of uh, metals and minerals that will really radically, because you know, we're getting concerned like, you know, with rhodium and yeah. you know, lithium and nickel and zinc and copper and all these things. And so there's some new technologies that will be coming out later this year and first of next year uh, 
that will really completely change that whole landscape where we don't have to extract anything new out of the planet. We can use all the old tailings. It's going to go back and remediate all of the challenges, whether wow. it's from cyanide and these type of things, and be able to extract massive amounts of of these metals and minerals, even from the leftovers. Wow. So we don't live in a world of a shortage like rare earths, to me, is a complete oxymoron. They're not rare. They're just in a state that most people don't understand. Hmm. Okay, so uh, we just have to work in resonance with that state, and it's going to really change most everything that we understand. So now we can deal with health, energy, natural resources, and communication. And that's Kenobi.io. Correct. All right, cool. You guys want to do a field trip? Let's yeah. do it. See I did there? Field trip? Yeah. All right, so now, folks, you're going to get to see a lot of this stuff in action. It's time to have fun. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening. Head over to Ben's YouTube channel to watch the footage from Ben's immersive experience at Jizen. He had a chance to try out several fascinating technologies designed for optimal fitness and longevity. Everything from brain scans to fancy treadmill technology that analyzes and improves your running form in real time, and so much more. Go to YouTube and search at Ben Greenfield Life. Well, this is pretty cool. Just put the finishing touches on a luxury VIP retreat in the Swiss mountains. So you may have seen a little bit of rumblings about this on social media, but the beautiful Six Senses Retreat all-inclusive luxury locale in beautiful Crans, Montana, Switzerland, has graciously allowed me to bring a maximum of up to 10 folks, and this could be individuals, couples, families, into a transformative experience there where I'm going to lead breath work, hikes, workouts. You'll get hands-on foraging adventures with nature's freshest ingredients in there cooking class locale there. You're going to get a chance to do amazing spa treatments, a meticulously curated program. You'll get to meet my wife and my sons who will be there. Again, families are welcome. You can bring one or two or three kids. You can make it a couple's retreat. If you want to go solo, you can. There's a limited number of rooms where we're prioritizing couples and families. But again, if you want to get in, this thing is coming up around the corner, April 17th through the 21st. 2024. So it will be all inclusive. You'll want to fly into Geneva, Switzerland, assuming you want to get into the closest airport. I've already got our flights. Uh, you'll want to mic your calendar for April 17th through the 21st. And here's how to get in. You go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24. That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses 24. And again, it's going to be incredible all the way down to like evening sing-alongs and stargazing and yoga and meditation. And again, the spa there is incredible. Six Senses is known for having incredible retreats around the world, but this one in Switzerland is supposed to be one of the best. I can't wait. I led a retreat in Portugal last year and people just said it was the most amazing experience of their lives. This one will be just as good, if not better. So go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash six senses. 24, and you can get in on this retreat that's coming up right around the corner, April 17th through the 21st. I hope to see you there. More than ever these days, people like you and me need a fresh, entertaining, well-informed, and often outside-the-box approach to discovering the health and happiness and hope that we all crave. So I hope I've been able to do that for you on this episode today. And if you liked it, 
or if you love what I'm up to, then please leave me a review on your preferred podcast listening channel, wherever that might be. And just find the Ben Greenfield Life episode. Say something nice. Thanks so much. It means a lot. In compliance with the FTC guidelines, please assume the following about links and posts on this site. Most of the links going to products are often affiliate links, of which I receive a small commission from sales of certain items. But the price is the same for you, and sometimes I even get to share a unique and somewhat significant discount with you. In some cases, I might also be an investor in a company I mention. I'm the founder, for example, of Keon LLC, the makers of Keon branded supplements and products, which I talk about quite a bit. Regardless of the relationship, if I post or talk about an affiliate link to a product, it is indeed something I personally use, support, and with full authenticity and transparency, recommend in good conscience. I personally vet each and every product that I talk about. My first priority is providing valuable information and resources to you that help you positively optimize your mind, body, and spirit. And I'll only ever link to products or resources, affiliate or otherwise, that fit within this purpose. So there's your fancy legal disclaimer.